When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Can somebody teach mums how to use emojis, please? Because last night, my mum messages me, I've got something to tell you, your cousin from Ireland called. And then at the end of it, a skull face emoji. So I go, oh God, is everything all right? I'll tell you on the weekend, is the response. Skull emoji, and I'll tell you on the weekend. It's not fucking EastEnders, Sarah. I don't need a fucking cliffhanger for me to come back tomorrow morning. So either I'm sat here with someone dead in the family, or my mum just hasn't put on her glasses again. And you wonder why I've got an anxiety disorder. season party (laughs) that's it that's all you're getting actually you know what three months of having to listen to you lot talk about your dogs and your children and your ailments and your teabag technique oh god is this my life (laughs) is this what it's become what do you think this is fucking therapy i mean if it was i would have been paid better therapy oh it's money for old rope isn't it i could do that could you imagine me as a therapist <laughs> uh, what would you like to talk about today mm, yes mm, i see mm, okay session over please gonna have 100 pounds please thank you very much <laughs> honestly there's nothing to it it's just listening and pretending to care i do that in my relationships <laughs> Speaking of pretending to care, welcome to the last in the current series of After the Tone. Hello, it's me, your host, your confidant, your best friend and your worst enemy. And aren't you lucky that you can say that in one sentence? My name is Scotty and together with my mates Debbie, Tim, Maya and Kat, we bring to you a weekly thing from across the world that doesn't make any sense. (laughs) But neither does real life, so don't worry about it. Coming up on today's show, we catch up with that JRF in a very special ATT first. But before we get going, make sure you've hit that bell, start those stars and followed that follow button or um, or else, or else, or else, or else I will do something very bad. I don't know what that thing is, but it will be bad and you won't like it. <laughs> 
Hi, Scotty, Tim, Kat, Meyer, and Deb. Uh, congratulations on another amazing season. It's Deb's, the one who has no tits. And I just wanted to send you a message to tell you something about myself that I'm really worried about telling you because I feel like there's going to be a backlash. I know you always say we accept everyone for who they are um, and you can come as you are, but I really feel like this might be the limit of that rule. I don't like any form of potato. Any form of potato. I haven't eaten potatoes. Well, that's a lie. I can eat crisps, if that counts. But any other form of potato, jacket, roast, mash, blah, 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 blah. I haven't eaten potatoes since about three. Now, I can eat a chip, but I swallow it whole so that the the potato does not escape the chip. I know, lucky uh, husband, right? Um, So, yeah. Apparently, my gag reflex is excellent. Um, And until the age of about 20, if I had a roast dinner at home, I had rice with it. Take that how you will. Side note, rice and gravy, amazing. Absolute cracker, still have it to this day. But yeah, potatoes, absolutely not. Disgusting, vile, make me wretch. I'm sorry I had to tell you all. I just couldn't go on with you not knowing about this part of me. I hope you could still accept me to the pub. All right, have a great break. I mean, this has really pushed me, to be fair. And I mean that on many levels. First off, hello, No Tit Deb. Welcome to the room. I think I might rename you No Taste Deb. Ah, I feel like culturally offended and emotionally offended. And I mean, I don't really know where to go with it because I think, fine, you know, you do you. But also at the same time, how fucking dare you? What a disgrace. I don't quite understand this, though, where you're like, no, but absolutely no potato. I've never had potato. I don't like potato. I've never had potato since I was free, apart from crisps and chips, which is kind of the two main genres of potatoes from the North, right? So I think you're a liar, actually. How can you swallow a chip whole? Why would you even bother? Why would you bother swallowing a fucking chip hole? What is the fucking point? I would just, like, if you didn't like potatoes, just be like, I just don't eat potatoes. What is it that you need from a potato if you can't chew it? If you can't, like, get that delicious crunchiness, why are you even there? Do you know what I mean? And also, if you're swallowing your partner's knob hole... Things this podcast makes me say and do. Like, in my breath, I'm absolutely fuming, Deb, about your relationship with potatoes. And then the next, things like that are sliding out my mouth. That's what he said. <laughs> Hello, Scotty, Tim, Jack, Maya, and producer Deb. It is Faggy Farmer here. Just stopped in the middle of this week's episode. Um, so, first thing... Two bags and a cup of tea. Can't fucking hide money, can you, Scotty, eh? Two bags per cup. No, you just want to make sure you're moving it a lot while you're making it. You've got to move that tea bag, keep the motion going. That's all you need to do. Keep it going. Get nice strong then. But the main point is our pal Pablo has been talking about that kind of, you know, queer visibility and holding hands and etc. So, as... I mentioned I'm now working in a school and obviously the kids are, it's not a mainstream school it's kids in care looked after children um, and as a kid yesterday I was walking to a lesson and he came up behind me and was like oh sir and I was like yes and he was like well, the last question are you gay and I was like uh, and my brain sort of went oh shit what but but 
And I was like, well, would it matter if I was? And he was like, no, it wouldn't matter. I was wondering. And I was like, okay. And all this time, his care worker, because all these kids, most of them, you know, come in with their care workers. Um, his care worker was like, oh, don't, don't say that. Don't say that. You know, you can't say that. That's rude, whatever. I just sort of went, oh, you know, will it matter? Well, it doesn't matter then, so don't worry about it. And he ended off being like, well, all right, you're by then. Greedy. Bye. And wandered off. I was like, great. And then afterwards, I was thinking, like, actually, I don't know. Like, part of me was like, first of all, I should have stopped the care worker telling him off for asking the question, I think. and Because actually, I don't know if that gives an idea that it's inherently wrong to ask people if they're gay. And it's, inherently, it's something that you shouldn't ask about. And... I don't know, I feel like I should put that up on and I also think like being evasive, I didn't sit comfortably with me, I wish I just actually sort of said, yeah, I am, or I don't know, it felt a bit evasive and it felt a bit wrong because we're supposed to be teaching these kids and we do, I sit in PSHE lessons teaching these kids of acceptance and diversity and inclusivity, etc, etc, and then to kind of shy away from the question as if it's something, I don't know, but then on the other hand, you know, in any school, that would open me up to either dangers or risk, um, and this school potentially more so. And also, because of the nature of the school and the way that, you know, I, I spend most of my time in the week working one-on-one -on -one with a single student, I kind of wonder, would it open that kid up to more, I don't know, like other kids, if they know that I'm gay and whatever, you know, there's, there's the usual playground bullying at the school of calling other kids gay and he's gay and blah, blah. Obviously, it's the last episode, so can't really open it up to the room, but maybe we can. Maybe we can check on the Patreon, but I wonder what your thoughts are. What do you think? It's difficult. Anyway, um, yeah, that's it. Ta-ra. Hi, Gorge. Lovely to have you back in the room, the Faggy Farmer. Welcome. Do we have a new name for you? Like the... Uh, I don't know. You'll have to think of a new one, but we'll go with Faggy Farmer for the time being. Now, let's really address this. And actually, we can open this out because just because we're off air, just because we've taken a few weeks off, it doesn't mean that we can't keep the conversations rolling. It doesn't mean that we're not accepting calls. What is really important to remember when we are placed in these positions where people are essentially doorstepping us in ways that other people don't have to be subjected to. We have to remember in which the circumstances and the environments of which we grew up around. Now, we grew up in a culture, because I think you're a similar age to me, or maybe slightly younger. We grew up in a culture of Section 28, where nobody who worked for a local authority, teacher, council worker, social worker, youth worker, etc., was able, by law, to talk about or address our sexuality and to signpost us in directions which could have massively changed the trajectories of many of our lives and changed countless things about the anxieties and the fear and the stuff that we bring with us. I totally, totally, very personally, but I do really believe that. I think the shame that was installed within us because of that law is a lasting legacy. And I think we have to remember that we grew up within that environment and we exist within a homophobic world. So when that question is being asked of us, the question isn't about like, are you gay? The question is, what is your sexuality? Are you willing for me to be able to distribute that information? Will you deal with the repercussions of that? Do you know that this could spark something else? Do you know I might, like some 
parents and teachers and etc might be opposed to that like it comes with way more than what that question actually is and so that fear that questioning that second guessing is only natural and I think that's the take home from here is that we can't think of this as like oh I've denied a part of myself you know because I've walked away from situations where I've sort of felt the same I've felt nervous or I've hesitated or I haven't very clearly answered the question and I, I try to remind myself of that that actually that that question is like it comes with so much ammunition for the other person and it leaves you in a very vulnerable state. And that's the world that we live in. So fear not, lovely, but other people might want to chime in. Other people might have had this experience. And if they have, please open up the WhatsApp. I would love for this to continue to be a conversation into the next season. And the other thing, the sort of flippant side of me, because, you know, there are two sides of me, she's a Jekyll and Hyde. The other side of me is when they ask, like, you know, are you gay? Be like, no, I'm a faggy farmer. (laughs) Hi, Scotty. It's Pablo Griff of Vancouver. I had to stop the new show within about 10 seconds of listening to it because I love your oi rant. Is it a rant? Is it a complaint? I don't know. You let me know. Because I use he, him, oi. And because in Canada, oi is not used very much, I get asked about that all the time. I love oi. I use it. I take it back. I have where the job that I work at, we have little name cards and mine says Pablo. And it says, he, him, oi. And I love telling people about it. Also, my mom and dad, they also called me oi all the time. Oi, come here, it's time for lunch. Oi, come here, do your homework. Love it. I had to also respond to how you responded to me, which I loved and my heart dropped. I love you so much as a friend. It's so great. I actually asked the boyfriend, how does he feel about holding hands in public? And does he feel um, sort of that we're making those political statements or that we're nervous or that we're scared? He actually said he thinks that we do it in places that we feel comfortable and that we're comfortable in, which is true. We've never gone to areas of the world that is not safe to be out and gay. So we're doing it comfortably. I still think it is micro. Um, political statements but and also tea in the bath dude it's so good i love it have a nice hot bath nice little cup of tea it's just such a great place for me but how do i actually do my tea so i have a silver pot because tea should only be stewed in silver pots i boil the tea boil the water sorry put it in the pot and i time it for eight minutes i like a strong one and then i pour it into a cup add sugar and milk and drink that up. Yum, yum, yum. Okay, thanks for the show. Talk to you later. Bye. This is some fucking Downton Abbey shit that people are fucking brewing tea. Like, Faggy Farmer stood there for 10 minutes swirling around because, you know, clearly I've got other things to do with your time. And this one, Pablo? Oh, I'm just getting out the silverware because that's the only way I could... Fucking Downton Abbey? It's like the crown? No, you think you know people. How disgusting. Why wouldn't you just put two tea... I said it the other week, I'm going to say it again. Just put two tea bags in and be done with it. Some of us are like working to capitalist times. We ain't got time to fucking get Jeeves to get the fucking silverware out and be like, oh, can you time that for eight minutes, please? No, thank you, Pablo. You got that one wrong, as per usual. Now, your parents. You said your parents use oi. So where are your parents from? There you go. Next season, I want to find out. I want a bit more biography, please. Thank you very much. Travel. 
it's very true. I once said this to a partner where I was like, you know, I think a very common thing for queer people to do. And FYI, when I use the word queer, I mean that to be inclusive of GNC, trans, non-binary, all of the letters of our beautiful acronym. You know, I mean that as an umbrella term. Whenever we travel, it's really common for us to search, you know, is it safe or LGBTQ plus friendly, dot, 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 dot. I don't think straight people have ever had to do that. You know, I don't think they ever like sit there and being like, where can we go that we won't get imprisoned? Where can we go where bad things won't happen to us? Like, I don't think you have to look up the local political rules to be able to think, oh, this is a place that I want to go. Maybe you have. Maybe I've got that wrong. But, you know, let us know. I doubt it. My favourite conversation here, though, is about pronouns. So I really love that you're he, him, oi. I often, well, I, I do use interchangeable pronouns because that's the world in which I want to live in. And that just is. Actually, look at me trying to go into like some like, I'm going to describe why. I don't have to. It's my fucking podcast. It just is. So I use he or they. But very importantly, I use theirs. <laughs> because I think, the, I think the fucking possessive is really important. When we're living under capitalism, I want people to know, particularly as a queer person, what I've had to fucking strive for as a queer working class person as well. That is mine. <laughs> that is theirs. <laughs> so let's remember the possessive. Okay, everybody. Thank you very much. Hi, Scotty. This one is for you because you asked, uh, how do you know that your therapy is over? And I have a, a lot of experience with that, so I wanted to share it with you. Sorry for the accent, by the way. I'm calling from Belgium. I would advise you to talk about that with your therapist because I don't think they're allowed to suggest to you that it's the end or you're coming to the end. And also they wouldn't because they make money. But what I did the last time was speak to her and say, okay, I have the feeling that maybe I don't know what to say anymore. I don't know what exactly to work on anymore. And then we diminished the number of sessions. So instead of going every week, it was once every two weeks and then once every month and then maybe just a checkup after a month or two and then you could uh, say goodbye for now and as you said you know how to contact this person if you feel good with them and you can always start again so you can be safe and you can be secure that whenever you need it that it still be available but you're going to try it on your own for a bit. Good luck with that, Scotty. Bye-bye. Ooh, hello, Belgium. Lovely new person. Welcome to the room. Ten points, you get a badge and a round of applause. Very polite round of applause there from me. Now, before we dive into this, I do just want to say very explicitly, please, nobody ever walk into this room and feel like you need to apologise for the way that you talk or sound, or the languages that you use. And I think that's really important to say, because you know me, I'm very ecstatic when we get calls from all over the place. I absolutely love it. The way that you talk is completely valid. The way that you sound is completely valid. And I think I find that really important, because for such a long time, in a very different way, in a sort of class-based way, 
I felt very ashamed of the way that I talked and the way that I said things. And you know me by now, I get things ass over tit and tit over ass all the time. And I say things wrong or I say things in ways that people are like, you've said that wrong, but I'm always, always like, well, you understood what I meant, didn't you? Um, and it is completely class. And I find it, it like, it really enrages me. And I'd hate anybody to be hoarding that whilst walking into here. So thank you so much for coming in. And what a beautiful sounding voice you have can they suggest an ending now this is interesting because when you were talking i was like well yes i guess there is a capitalist incentive to them because you're a regular client you're paying regular money and in these climates i imagine you know it's quite difficult to um earn cash well maybe it isn't maybe because everyone's completely fucking mental maybe they've got a list as long as your arm but I'm not sure. Maybe this comes down to what type of therapy that you're having. Because I wondered, maybe with psychotherapy or CBT, maybe that is when they can suggest, I think we've come to an ending. Whereas with people-centred therapy, where you're supposed to like join the dots for yourself, maybe you're right. Maybe they can't suggest it. So I'm none the wiser, but thanks for coming in the room and uh, sharing your experience. I think doing less sessions is a good way forward. Hmm. Yes, I hope we carry on this chat. Still to come, we've got more calls from Canada, the United States, and a bath in South London. But before that, it's almost time for me and Debbie to rest our cankles in the picturesque English seaside town of Bognor Regis. Uh, But worry not, we will be back with the gang on the 5th of May for a very special summer season of ATT. Mm so follow us on the socials for more of that soon and whilst we're off air we are still working to make this space the best that we can and for the thousands of you who now listen to this across the world each week which is astounding every time i say that i'm just like whoa without your support it is very hard to keep this place going so i wanted to give a massive massive shout out to our patreons because you lot are amazing we like a hundred percent value you and what you share with us and your input over there on that space we've got some very exciting gossip coming up very soon that we'll be able to reveal over there so make sure you keep an eye out over there for when that lands and if you want to help support att and or join in the gossip patreon.com forward slash after the tone and also just because we're having a few weeks off it doesn't mean we're not taking calls so if you want to tell us anything or you know we want to tell us that something that's happening to you if you've got some news in that time if there's something from this season that you're eager to discuss or keep chatting about you know what to do all you've got to do is open up the whatsapp and send a voice note to this number zero seven double eight two hundred three four two zero and whilst you're at it, save our number in your phone because then we will always be there for you um anyway that's enough of a breather i think debbie let's get back to it Hello, Scotty. Kara here. You want to know about baths. You know what I mean? What do we do in a bath? Whether we like a bath? What is a bath? Never really had a bath around in my life a lot. We had a um, really small sort of one of those almost sit down bath, basically. You sat in it. There was no laying down. You sat. It was in that L shape. Controversially, I don't like baths. I've always had a problem with people in baths or if I got in a bath, you know, I mean, I don't know if it's too hot. Too long. It was all just a bit, and it's, I felt sort of sense of doom around it. There was, we had the seventies, remember, girl. So we had nuclear war advert programs about 
you know, I can't remember what it was called. It was a classic documentary that came out in the 70s anyway. It was like White Space about pinting your windows white and putting your mattresses up. And I suddenly remembered this night and I was in the bath. Mum had put me in this sit-down bath. I was in there and I must have fell asleep in the bath. I don't know, whatever. But I suddenly felt so alone that the bomb had gone off. And if I stay in this bath long enough, everyone else was gone and there was nobody left in the place. And I started shouting for my mum because I thought everyone had gone. And I panicked and tried to get out of the bath, slipped, smashed my head on the side of the bath and ended up an A&E. I was 15. Just reminded me, that sit-down bath was a nightmare to masturbate in. Anyway, yeah, cheers for it all. Lots of love. Stay strong, stay true, stay you. <laughs> uh, I slipped in the bath! <laughs> oh, it's lovely to hear you. You trying to have it off for yourself in an L-shaped bath. <laughs> Oh, the things that we talk about in this gaff. Um, growing up in the estate that I grew up in, we only had baths. So baths were the thing. And I remember first meeting people that had showers and they would talk about having showers. And I just thought, oh, so exotic. <laughs> just like, because no one in my family had a shower. Everyone had a bath. Oh, I think my aunt had notions like she had a shower over the bath. <laughs> You know, like, you just bought an extra long hose and then you, like, <laughs> drilled it to the wall. <laughs> Thinking, oh, she's really posh. <laughs> My mum used to always have a bath with the door open. And it used to be this, like, moment where I'd sit in the hall as a kid and I'd have, like, really meaningful, deep chats with my mum and my mum would really encourage us to like speak and I know my brother has that relationship with my mum as well which I think is really interesting because I think some people who grew up in households with a closed door have a like a slightly different relationship with nudity and I think there's something really interesting about like when you talk or you sort of that sort of conversation comes up about like seeing your your mum naked or something like I think for me it's not like a weird thing it's just like my mum's body of which my mum you know gave birth to me, essentially. So I don't have that relationship with it. It's not like my mum's walking around the living room with the knockers out. <laughs> but you know what I mean? This, I think some, I think, I would tell it as is, I think some posh people, because they've got showers, they don't have that relationship. That, But yeah, I'm really thinking about that relationship I have with my mum. And when I was like quite young and a bit confused about who I was and my mum just really endorsing who I was whilst I was sat in the hall kind of trying to piece things together. And my mum, I guess, used that as time for us not only to connect with each other, but for her to understand me better. And I guess that meant that she was able to protect me more. Bless her. So baths can be quite touching spaces, I think. Do you know what I mean? There's also those things where, like, there's pictures of me in the bath as a kid. And there's pictures of my brother in the bath as a kid. It's like that joy of, like, early parenthood for my parents, I think, of them seeing us, you know, like, grow up and become, like, these talking, mouthy gobshites. Oh. Anyway, let's go back to the visual of you having a in the bath. Oh. Is an L-shaped bath, like, one of those baths that they give, like, elders? You know, like, you sit in it and it has a door on it. Because I've never known how they worked. Because surely if you've got a door on something, it leaks. Anyway, <laughs> these are the hard-hitting questions we're asking today. Hi, Scotty. Long-time listener, uh, first-time caller. 
uh, I guess I'll call myself the depressed graduate calling from United States, Minnesota specifically. Yeah, I just graduated from grad school last May. And honestly, it's been a rough go of it. <laughs> last last week, you were talking about feeling uh, guilt uh, about resting um, and not being productive. And I really resonated with that because uh, after, after grad school, I graduated with a degree in art. I haven't really made anything because I've been trying to find a job, you know, to survive capitalism and all that. And then my father-in-law passed away in November, so I've been helping my husband with estate stuff and moving into their old house and ugh, craziness. But uh, anyway, I just wanted to say uh, you're you're not alone in that because I've been feeling an overwhelming amount of guilt for not creating and not trying to get out there. But I also have all this other shit that I need to take care of and do and help out with. But yeah, it's there and I can't shake it, even though I'm, I'm trying to be more compassionate towards myself and say, hey, you you've got a lot of shit going on right now. Um, so yeah, I, I just wanted to finally call in. I've been meaning to for a long time and just say, yeah, I, I feel that too. Thanks. Oh, hi, new person. Long time listener, first time caller. Woo-hoo! The depressed grad. It's a great name. Well done. Now, I'm going to say it as it is. I don't know where Minnesota is, so we're going to live search this. How do you even spell it? Oh, there you go. Minnesota Vikings is one of the things that comes up. Now, let's have a look where it is. It's near a place called Winnipeg. I didn't even know that was a place. Okay, so, dear caller. So, it's up from Chicago. I'm trying to give the listeners a clue where it is. I mean, most people probably know because they're much more cultured than I am. But the capital of Minnesota is Minneapolis. God, they like a min round that way, don't they? So, you're up that far. Does it get cold up there? I'm sure it does. Anyway, grad school. Now, what is that? Is that like university? I guess it is, isn't it? Because you graduate from it. You graduate from university. I mean, <laughs> you can tell I'm thick as shit. Oh, it's a grad school. Where's Minnesota? <laughs> Anyway, see, look, you've brought a lot into the room already. You don't even know it. Now, the guilt of rest. Yes. Now, it sounds like you have got a lot going on, like graduating, death in the family and all of this. And what was coming up for me was really interesting. I was like, take that break. Don't feel like you need to do anything right now. And then I sort of caught myself and I was like, isn't it interesting that we can offer other people what we need, but we can never take it upon ourselves? Like yesterday, I had a day off and I tell you what, it took all of the strength not to do everything. And I'd been working eight days flat on the trot because I'm trying to get a show out ready to go and was in dance rehearsals. And I just got to yesterday and I actually felt like I'd been hit by a bag of shit. I was so knackered. But even in that extreme, like when your body goes, no, I'm really tired. I was still fighting the urge to be productive, to do something, to feel like I wasn't just doing nothing. And I found that really interesting that even when the body's going, no, like the brain's going, come on. So isn't that strange that I I, I hear you and I, I hear you needing that rest and, you know, resisting that rest. And I'm like, no, please feel free, take a break. 
but we can't take that for ourselves, can we? Listen, depressed graduate, it's so great to have you in the room. I hope you come back again and well done for ripping off the plaster. We know it can be a really scary experience, but hopefully throwing ourselves into next season, what we'll get is a lot more people like you going, do you know what? I've listened for a while and I'm just going to say something to the room because I think your call might spur others. Lovely. See you soon. Hello, uh, Scotty and producer Deb, Kat, Tim and Maya. I think I got everybody. Uh, this is Jay from Canada. Uh, so I just wanted to first say that, like, I feel kind of like weirdly famous every time somebody responds to this on the podcast because I like listening to this podcast and it's gotten me through the pandemic, which I know that's stupid. <laughs> not, not listening to the podcast, but feeling famous. But, anyways, so I just wanted to say that. Like, I am feeling a little bit better. I'm still having some health struggles, but working through them every day um, and figuring out sort of new ways to live and to adapt so that I can, yeah, not feel ill, which is great. Um, What else did I want to say? Finger knitting sounds very dirty. I didn't look it up yet because... I was afraid that like it would just be porn, but I might give it a try if it's actually knitting <laughs> because, well, maybe I will give it a try if it's not actually knitting. I don't know. Who knows? These are crazy times we live in. But yeah, so doing better. Um, As far as like music goes, I've been moving house, I think is how you say it in the UK. And so a lot of my stuff is all packed up, but sometime soon I will maybe just sing something for all of you um, to say thank you and to just like, you know, just tell you all how grateful I am for your kindness. I think that's what's really blown me away is this like community of people (laughs) that I've never met um, being so kind and caring and gracious to me in times where I struggle to have that for myself. So that's why I love this podcast so, so much is this community of people is just a plus truly. Yeah. Anyways, love you all. And I hope that you're all doing well. Okay. Bye. It always, when it comes to the, like the last episode, there's something that happens to me. I get really emotional about it. Cause I think, <sighs> It's just so lovely to hear, like, what it all means to you. Do you know what I mean? It feels really lovely to be able to facilitate such a thing. But also just, like, the honesty of which, like, you all approach the room and you're all like, there's this thing that's going on for me. And I don't know, the empath in me is like, oh, God, why can't we just take away this stuff for people? Anyway, thank you, Jay. Thank you for coming back. Because you spurred such conversation for the whole of the season. So thanks for that. You are weirdly famous, and that is completely justified. Feel free to revel in that fame, because I do. (laughs) But then again, I like the sound of my own voice, because that's why I'm sat here every week. (laughs) So, let's talk about finger knitting. It's an actual thing. 
And I mean, I would wonder what it would be if it was filthy. But if you are to look it up, it's very pedestrian. It's just, it's kind of a loose knit. <laughs> so you treat yourself, you get finger knitting, you enjoy yourself. Um, <laughs> you said, like, really tickled me in that message. Like, oh, I'm doing this thing that I guess what you call in the UK, moving house. <laughs> so then I was like, what do you call it in America? <laughs> like, moving moving yard <laughs> just was like i mean you call it moving you call it a house is there a different terminology so maybe there is um so if you could enlighten us anybody who lives stateside of what you call moving a house in america we would be glad to clear that up but thank you jay thank you so much and i think you're right this is a community of solidarity and a community of kindness and I think for a really long time I was trying to make sense of what this is and what it does because as we've said many a time it isn't therapy we're not here to signpost you to charities we're not here to like mend it or take it away we're just here to kind of go here are a bunch of overheard conversations this is some real chat and um for a long time I was like should it be productive and really fought with this urge of like what's our responsibility and perhaps our responsibility is kindness perhaps that's what we offer perhaps we offer kindness and then just to counterbalance that I tell everybody that they're not beds because they don't like roast potatoes And now it's time for something a bit fancy. Because, you know, it's the end of season six party and all of that. So let's treat ourselves. And um, I've said it before, but you lot really do make this place. And someone who's been a real staple of the ATT crew since it began two years ago, almost three. Can you imagine such a thing? Is that their JRF? So last week, me and Deb called them up um, to get to know that familiar voice a bit better. And I started by asking them, where were you born, babes? I was born in St. Luke's, Bradford, and had very little choice in the matter. And then my family decamped, or my mother did, decamped to Morecambe. I left Morecambe screaming um, (laughs) into the arms of Chester. I went to (laughs) testable places. I know. I think I'd just been binging a lot of Hollyoaks while I was doing my A-levels, and I went to college there. I met my then partner, now my best friend in the whole wide world ever. And then in 2006, after we graduated, Jermaine, who was living in Edinburgh, she invited us to come and live up here with her. And so that's what brought us up to Edinburgh. And I'd never actually been to Edinburgh. I came here with the intention of only staying for a little while and getting some work. And I'm still here. And you've done many a job in your time, haven't you? Oh, Lord, yeah. I've done everything from telemarketing, working in various shops, and also turning roadkill into hats. (laughs) Um, Tell us about this turning roadkill into hats, because you had this career as a milliner, right? I did. I did. I was a a fellow mental. I was a a genuine mad hatter. Um, (laughs) But yes... um, What happened was I was working for a milliner and she had mentioned that she had like used feathers from roadkill pheasants. I was like, oh, right, that's interesting. But then I said, well, what did you do with the rest of the the bird? And she was like, oh, I, I just took what I wanted. So I was like, oh, this is really interesting. I'd quite like to like use the whole beast. So many years ago, it was a friend was going to a wedding and I knew she was wearing a black and white dress 
and I was over in Northern Ireland visiting some friends and we were driving uh, along and there was a, sure enough, there was a roadkill magpie <laughs> in the road. And I was like, stop the car. I got a plastic bag, scooped it up and took it home and started to experiment <laughs> and um, turn this roadkill magpie into a hat. And your career in milling, millinering, millinering, hat making, uh, yeah, hat making. yeah. Baby. Your career in hat making got you on the telly. It did. It got me on the telly. It got me in the papers. It was quite a wild time. I got interviewed for what's it called, Italian Vogue, for Field and Forest or Fishing and like, all, all sorts of strange <laughs> magazines. <laughs> And I even got falsely attributed to a, a hat in the Daily Express and received death threats. <laughs> Haven't we all? Now, you also had a, a career as a DJ. Yes, a gramophone DJ. Tell us what a gramophone DJ is first. It's just like spinning plates. There wasn't really much scratching and mixing involved. It was just a, a case of playing 78s on the shellac discs. I had all these... Um, portable gramophones and I would take them to events and then eventually I got a big horned gramophone because you know everyone likes a big horn and (laughs) um, (laughs) I went and did DJing gigs I DJed next to a waterfall I DJed in a cave I DJed on the back of a boat I DJed in the back of a car Oh, you've done it all. Oh, I know. I've lived. I've lived. You have lived. I mean, do you look back at um, your adult life and think, oh, I've done some great things? It's funny because at the time I didn't drink it in. And I think maybe that's because, you know, being mental, you're kind of just like going, I've got to get on to the next thing. And then you sometimes take stock of what you've done and you're like, bloody hell. <laughs> like, even with my hats, I had um, a hat walk show. I made a collection of hats and my hats were on catwalks. Yeah, it's it's mad to think these things have happened, you know, to little old me. And now you're a full-time gardener. I'm channeling a kind of hybrid of Monty Don and Charlie Dimmocks. Um <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm without my bra and um I'm just getting dirty in the mud. Yeah, it's great fun. What are you growing? Um well at the moment I've planted a couple of hydrangeas and I've put some thyme in, I've got some rosemary in. But then somebody was telling me the snow's coming and I'm worried about them. I'm gonna have to put a blanket over them or something. What do you think is your attraction to gardening? Oh, I think it's it connects me to my grandma. Some of my happiest memories have been in her garden. She taught me that cheeky song about the marrow and also, you know, that that kind of creative flow where you're just tilling the soil and planting things and you're just thinking about the act that you're doing and it's great just to be in that moment. Um, You've been calling in to the show for almost two years now, so much so that we call you Nana Joe Ref. You are (laughs) a feature, you've given us songs, you've given us words of advice, you've spoken very openly about diagnoses and where you're at with your brain and your mentals and Mm. some real highs and lows that you've experienced, you've been really generous to share. What do you think it is that keeps you coming back to the pub every week? I'm a terrible show off. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm not just an emotional voyeurist. I think because you've created an environment which is so, I know you've said it before, it's not therapy. It's a pub. It's a group of folk getting together and having a blether. 
And these conversations, you know, we're having with people all around the world. It's amazing. Yeah, you've created a space which feels private, yet it isn't. <laughs> you know, it's a it's a very strange thing because you do kind of go, oh, should I have said that? But then actually, you know, I'm just being open. I'm being me. I can't be anything but be me. And of course, I'm I'm protective of things that I don't want to share. But, you know, you're not forcing my arm and telling me, you know, tell them that story, tell them that story. Mm. I think definitely with somebody who has suffered with trauma or experienced an awful lot of trauma in their formative years, the echoes and shadows of that trauma can feel very real. And it can feel like it's an extension of the the abuse that you've experienced. And I think shedding light and exposing those kind of monsters that you have just shows that they are just, as I say, echoes and shadows. They're not there. They're not still with you. They're just fragments of a a past, you know? Well, many of us in that pub do really look up to you and we really lean into things that you say and we call you Nana JRF because you are just like the person, the constant that we just know is going to always give us a big kiss, always wish us well. But there are various children in your life and various other adults that look to you for that and see you as a role model. And I just wondered how you felt about that. I suppose I do get a little bit bowled over because I don't, Again, I think I'm just being me. And if people gravitate towards that, then that's that's lovely. And and if I inspire people, that's also great, you know. Nobody wanted to be here. Do you know what I mean? We're all here by accident. <laughs> and being alive is is a really strange and terrifying thing sometimes. And if we can just bolster each other up and and help each other along the way, I think um I think that's the best thing we can do, you know. Now, listen, very poignant questions coming up now. Oh, yeah, okay, I want to right. do a quick fire round with you. Go on. But I, they are only going to be questions about potatoes. <laughs> I'm a big fan of a spod. You know what I... You and I both. So we'll start off with chips or crisps. <gasps> oh, chips. Waffles or hash browns. <gasps> oh, um, waffles. Where are you cooking your waffles? toaster yes but then give them a wee flash fry oh great work absolutely yeah. jacket potato or sweet potato jacket potato right okay it has to just be a jacket potato i'm not i don't know where i stand with sweet potatoes correct 10 points now this one will really show the notions dauphinois or hasselback never had an hasselback so i'll have to say dauphinois <laughs> Ah, all treat yourself. <laughs> is a Hasselback, is that a type of motorbike? <laughs> they like cut it up, but not all the way. And so it sort of fans out. It's like a potato fanned. Oh, give sort of, over. Yeah, it's a lot of effort, a lot of work, but it's quite delicious. I'm going to finish with, and I need you to really nail your colours to the wall here, or the mast, okay, or wherever okay. it is that we nail the colours. Ultimate potato product of all time. I don't know if I can choose between... Chips and roast potatoes. I'm going to have to say chips. <gasps> Controversial. I know, I know, I know. The thing is, oh, the things you can do with a chip. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> <laughs> JRF, it's been lovely catching up with oh, you. Oh, it's lovely to ch- have a, a, a proper blether with you, sweetheart. And just to finish, JRF. Oh, yeah, yeah. Could 
you give us your sign off oh of course well i want to say to everybody lots of love and light and god bless and a big sloppy kiss from that jrf bye (laughs) oh it was so nice to have that live oh this has been lovely Honestly, that was such a lovely catch-up, wasn't it? So sweet and so nice to just get a little bit more information and kind of know a little bit more about the person. So, yeah. If you'd like to see more of that sort of thing, slide into our DMs on Instagram or Twitter and we'd love to hear your feedback. So, that's it. That's us done for another season. And, I mean, this season has been really excellent. And often this is the kind of tricky season of the year because we're all emerging from SAD. We're all emerging from the Christmas and the holiday period and that very difficult start to the new year. But we've covered a lot of ground, geographically and emotionally. So I want to thank the 100 plus of you who were featured on the show this season. I want to thank those of you that didn't make the cut. We do love you, but thank you so much. And um, We've only got 40 minutes to fill, but please do continue to call and tell us what's going on for you. We listen to every message and we love that you want to be involved. Before I go... <laughs> This week, we've received even more messages about Debbie because there seems to be this rumour that she's not real or that she's some sort of, like, figment of my imagination. The Debbie, they think I've made you up. I know. So can you say something now just to prove them wrong, please? Um, And as for the others, Tim, Maya and Kat, all say goodbye now for me, please. (laughs) and next you'll be thinking I'm a completely made up person see you next time After the Tone is hosted by me, Scotty, produced by Debbie Kilbride, vice producer Tim Bano, assistant producer Maya Miller-Lewis, digital producer Kat Prill. After the Tone is a Debbie's production production. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.